0: Hello and welcome to the Cove's Body, Mind and Soul series. In this episode, we will be looking at the Buddhist religion. Our guest speaker today is Mitter Jeff Newton. Mitter Newton has been in defence for over 20 years serving with the RAF. Prior to becoming a chaplain in the Navy, has been actively involved in Buddhism since 2012. We are also joined by chaplain Isaac Khan who will be assisting us with the interview. Mita, welcome and thanks for supporting the code. My first question for you is what is the Buddhist religion and can you please provide a brief overview of the Buddhist Faith Network?
1: Right, Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, so Buddhism is one of the karmic religions um, and these are fundamentally different to the Abrahamic religions which I'm guessing most Westerners are a little bit familiar with. Um, if not very familiar. So they really cannot be compared as they're, they're based on a significantly different belief system. So in the Buddhist view, everything is interdependent and interconnected. Everything is understood as a process of, of birth or rising, uh, illness and aging. So growth and being and then death or, or ceasing to be. Everything arises from the universe to us as individuals, and then it exists or is is for a time, and then it ceases to be, and then it is reborn, and exists in either the same capacity or a different capacity for a time, and then ceases to be again, and is reborn, and so on and so forth forever. Our karma. Uh, in a nutshell, because it's quite a big concept, um, says that how we live in this life not only directs, um, directly impacts us and our happiness, but it also directly impacts our next rebirth. But also on our, our happiness of others as well, on the happiness of others. So we try to live compassionately and, and in harmony with all living things. Um, my understanding is that I guess it could be argued that the Abrahamic religions have a similar concept insofar as, um, you know, good actions result in good rewards and, and bad actions in some kind of punishment. But these are, are believed to be judged by a deity where in Buddhism there's, there's no judgment from anyone or anything. Karma is simply a, a non-judgmentally and objectively giving a return in one's behavior. I mentioned a deity there, so I'll talk a little bit about Buddha. Um, Buddha who is not a deity, uh, and there's more than one. There's been quite a number over the eons. Um, Buddha is someone who is who has attained a profound wisdom of compassion um, and a state of intellectual and ethical sort of perfection. So, and and this is possible for all of us. Every one of us can become a Buddha and become liberated. We do this, um, by freeing ourselves from the habitual patterns of unskillful or unhelpful thought and actions that, that bind us to wanting things to be different to the way they are. For example, wanting to remain young when we all know that we must age. Um, The Buddha's teachings, They can be explored by anybody. You don't need to be a Buddhist. The Buddha encouraged his followers to test their veracity by applying them in daily life rather than relying on any sort of blind faith. Uh, Testing the teachings and keeping the ones which work for you and sort of proven to work in your life is the way that most Buddhists operate. Um, Maybe you can come back and revisit the other ones a bit later. So this is the idea of sort of walking along the path. If you walk along the path, this is the Noble Eightfold Path, which we'll get to a little bit later on. Um, you might come across a teaching or a practice which doesn't work for you at that moment or, or where you are in your life, but as you walk further along the path, you become wiser and gain more morality and ethics, um, more concentration, ability to maintain mindfulness, et etc you might come across that same teaching or practice again. But this time, because you're a slightly different person, that looks different to you and you might understand it differently. So maybe this time you do pick it up. Talking a bit about, I guess, the scriptures and holy books and the like. There's no single Buddhist holy book. There's there's really just a collection of many. So the Dhammapada is probably the closest thing to a common textbook. And all traditions acknowledge the Pada as being a sacred book. It begins with the very famous teaching that everything originates in the mind. This is why for a Buddhist, self-reflection through meditation is vitally important. In fact, if someone only ever did one thing from the Buddhist teachings, then self-reflection through meditation would, would have to be it, in my opinion. Um, so there's a lot to learn in Buddhism. Lord Buddha gave just over 80,000 teachings, but on the other hand, um, Buddhism has a very small number of rules and these are more aimed at the monastics really. So for the layperson, uh, the teachings that Buddha gave us are designed to provide us with a set of principles to follow and how to understand these principles. And that sort of allow us to make our own decisions for ourselves to navigate life's events based on those principles. So, for example, someone might meet a situation in life and they decide to do A and B and everything is fine. It works out. And a while later, they encounter the exact same situation and again, they'll do A and B. But this time, everything is different. It doesn't work out. That's because the context and... All the nuances are very, very important. Now, this is where mindfulness, together with all the tools that are provided by Buddhist teaching, need to be wisely applied to this specific content. Buddhists work to do no harm, but just a quick review of this principle will, will sort of show that doing no harm is, is very hard, because this includes doing no harm to others and yourself. And we might even realize we're doing no harm. and doing zero harm is almost impossible. So we need to kind of do the least amount of harm available in that given context through shared values of compassion and kindness. Um, okay, so to support uh, the Buddhists in achieving sort of how to do what I just like said about you know applying wisdom to the context, Lord Buddha taught four universal rules which underpin how human suffering works. These are what are commonly called the Four Noble Truths. They taught us about the truth of suffering, is the first one. The second one is the truth of the origin of suffering, or why suffering starts. The third one is the truth of how to end that suffering. And then the fourth one are the tools on how to achieve the ending of suffering. Uh, so the four noble truths are at the heart of the path, which begins with the realization that that life contains suffering. It's pretty well inescapable, uh, not only for humans but for all, all living beings. The truth of this suffering is that it arises from our mental attachments, desires, and cravings. So the end of suffering is to overcome these desires and cravings using the teachings of the eightfold path. So the eight elements of the Eightfold Path are right view or understanding, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Now I won't go into each one of those, I don't think we have the time, but I will sort of say that the first two, right view, And right intention come together under the domain of wisdom, wisdom, discernment, insight. This is at the heart of Buddhism. And the next three, right speech, action, and livelihood, they come together in the domain of ethics. Here we sort of learn how to apply ethics and virtue, good conduct, morality, to our to our our life. And then the last three, right, effort, mindfulness and concentration all fit under the domain of, of concentration, being able to concentrate, maintain our mindfulness, mental development, um, tune one's mind to doing what needs to be done right now without distractions, all that sort of thing. Uh, and finally, uh, I think to answer this question. Um, I'll just mention one of the most important, sort of, significant celebrations in the Buddhist calendar uh, and that's the uh, Day, or the Buddha's birthday. And this is observed by all Buddhists everywhere, no matter what their school or tradition is. And it marks the birth, enlightenment and passing away of Buddha in the month of May. So it changes specific date every year because Buddhism works on a lunar calendar. Um, So the the date is going to be different each year, but it is in the month of May.
0: How does Buddhist faith support a believer and what difference does it make to the individual?
1: Okay, so Buddhism has never really been highly organized, but neither does it sort of seek out converts who expect anybody to join, to make a commitment to any one particular organization. It's very open and flexible. For someone to move from tradition to tradition is is very accepted and, and maybe even encouraged by some. Um or for someone to practise under more than one tradition or denomination. Um, so when I say tradition, I'm sort of talking about denomination for people who understand that in the Abrahamic sense, in the Christian sense. Um but I, I myself practice under several different traditions. The notion of karma, as I've mentioned, it tells us that we have all the power we need right now. So this helps us lead a positive and productive life. It places a great deal of responsibility in the individual to work their own path. But it also lets us know that we have everything that we need to work that path. Um, we, we are enough. There's nothing more outside of us that we need. The Buddhism through the Noble Eightfold Path, as I just outlined, provides all the tools that a Buddhist will really need to achieve this. And it provides, while it does provide those tools, however, it leaves the decision on how and when to use those tools up to the individual. So it really gives a very, a sense of personal empowerment to the adherent. Buddhism also outlines that we're not alone. We are who we are because of all the other things which have ever been and because of all the other people who exist. So we're truly interconnected. This is a central tenet of Buddhism and means we are never alone. Therefore, as we are not alone and we're interconnected, everything we do affects everyone else. This places again a great deal of personal responsibility on the Buddhist shoulders.
0: How does the Buddhist faith support defense capability?
1: That's an excellent question. I think, um, ADF capability is enhanced by having people who can um, capably exercise personal responsibility, make wise, ethical decisions in stressful situations such as the battlefield. Um, so these are the kinds of attributes that command value, and these are the kind of attributes that Buddhism cultivates through clear, being, moral integrity, wisdom, and compassion, so that practitioners are able to make better decisions in all areas of life, in personal and work relationships, in the uh, judicious use of public money, training others in conflict situations, and even situations of great sorrow and loss in wisdom and compassion for our greatest allies, and we. We regularly discuss these topics because our practice sessions, like, um, going to church, you know, whenever a Buddhist goes to temple, there is nearly always a Dharma reading or a discussion about a teaching from the Buddha. And then there'll be a discussion about the ethics and the wisdom and the morality of how to apply that teaching to life. The most often, the Buddhist Sangha, the community, will literally sit around in a circle and discuss how can we apply that teaching that we've just heard to our life and everybody gets a chance to share and express their understanding of the nuances of that teaching and how to apply it.
0: And what about how can a local commander support an adherent to the Buddhist faith?
1: So Buddhism is all about individual responsibility, making the most skillful decision possible based on their training, understanding, self-awareness, wisdom, and obviously the specific context. Hence why mindfulness is a key concept within Buddhism and actually seems to be catching on all around the world. Uh, so local commander can support Buddhists in their unit by empowering them to take that individual responsibility. Not only giving them the tools that they need to make wise decisions, but also giving them a bit of time to contemplate, discuss, work through some of the options um, and reflect on the Buddhist principles and the ADF tasking together. A little bit of open and equitable debating with their members and, and their thinking, decision-making process would actually enhance, I think, the Buddhist and pretty confident the unit as well. Um an acknowledgement of any needs or requests that may have that you know the Buddhists may have in respect to their specific cultural values and observances would be helpful. Um, even if the request can't be granted because of current circumstances. Demonstrating an interest in their member and their cultural and faith background would be really much appreciated. Uh and I guess finally from a very practical point of view, a quiet location to do a little bit of uh, meditation and worship would be exceedingly and helpful.
0: So you, you mentioned that about a, a bit of quiet time and, and space. How often does a Buddhist need to pray, and, and how much time should a commander give for that?
1: Well, ideally, you're meditating and being mindful twenty-four-seven. But from a from a practical sense, doing that, sitting on a cushion, probably. Uh, once a day for 15 to 20 minutes is uh, what's recommended as the minimum.
0: Is there any dietary requirements or dress that, that we need to think about?
1: Uh No, most of those things are cultural rather than um, religious. A lot of Buddhists will choose to be vegetarian because that helps reinforce the precept of of no killing or doing no harm. But then there's a lot of Buddhists who are traditionally carnivores as well. Um, and a lot of monastics will just eat whatever they're given and be thankful for it. Okay. From a dress sense, there's nothing nothing specific. A lot of Buddhists will wear a piece of coloured string around their wrist. because This is the usual gift they're given uh, from their teacher when they... Uh, take refuge um, but I understand that wearing a piece of string might be a safe thing to do in some work environments.
0: okay that's great Uh, before I hand over to Padre for a question or or two can you just tell me uh, how are Buddhist chaplains different to other chaplains
1: yeah I think that's a good question because we are starting to see more Buddhist chaplains coming into the ADF now um We've got two that are in uniform and there's three or four coming through recruiting. But a Buddhist chaplain um, is not going to be ordained. So, We're not monks or priests. Um, we live an ordinary lay practitioner's life, doing the best we can to walk along the exact same path as everyone else. Um, we'll be part of the Sangha or the community. Uh, and we won't be the one telling anyone else to do. You know, Buddhist teachings tell us that it's not possible for us to change anyone else. This is where the individual responsibility thing is so important. Because change can only come from within the individual, uh, when they are ready. So no external person or entity can change anybody else. Our job as a Buddhist chaplain is to support everyone as like a friend help them to find their own way. So when a Buddhist chaplain, um, we won't be taking the lead. We actually base what we do on the person we're talking to because it's their journey that we're helping them with. I know that's very similar. That last point is very similar to a lot of other chaplains, but
2: you know, it was good.
0: Audrey, any questions from you?
2: Jeff, thank you for um, yeah, just some really nice explanation there to those questions. Um I, I liked um towards the end when you mentioned vegetarianism, you know I know not all Buddhists are vegetarians but but many of them are. And uh, I'm largely vegetarian, not exclusively, but where I can I, I try to be vegetarian, so I I um I find some similarities with them, particularly when I'm in field. You know, it's difficult to, to, um, in an army context to, uh, I know there's vegetarian, um, Russian packs, but it's not always available. And it gets rather mundane from time mm-hmm. to time mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. So, uh, look, I don't have any, any, um, difficult questions as such. You know, I think, um, you've, um, answered probably most of the questions, you know, um, um, but is there anything specific, like in a, in a field context, you know, like I think, Vegetarianism is one of those. It'd be difficult, but is there some other ways that uh, command can help um, Buddhists that, that comes to mind? No,
1: not specifically. I think self-reflection is a big part of the Buddhist path because the way to liberation is is internal, and Buddhists sort of see the, the the point of life as to to grow, to unfold to get to know ourselves better. So self-reflection is a big part, uh, and that's what meditation sort of helps with. So even in the field, if it's at all possible to allow some time just to slow down, do a little bit of self-reflection. Um, and I, I see on The Cove too, there's podcasts there about uh, reflective practice and journaling. So I think we I, I would be fairly open <clears throat> to that concept.
0: Uh, I'm just, I just—I just like to go back to uh, to Padre the question you reference about the uh, vegetarian ration packs. Do you know if anything's being done to enhance this product?
2: No, I don't, my friend. I've been in, um, in a training institution the last three years, and I'm in Melbourne, so I've been mostly—it's been a COVID experience, a lockdown experience. So I'm, I'm a bit out of touch with um, what's happening in regards to field.
0: All right, that's something I might uh, chase up a bit later on. Anyway, uh, Muda, is there any other points you want to raise before we close this off?
1: So there is one more thing I just would like to mention is uh, on ForceNet there's an ADF Buddhist Sangha uh, page or group, and anybody's very welcome to join that, to learn about Buddhism, to share um, their personal practice or, or whatever, and we, you don't need to be a Buddhist to to, um, to join
0: no, look, thank you for your time today. We at the Cove are very grateful for the valuable information you've provided, and I'm sure this will definitely assist our listeners. We also thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Our next talk continues uh, with this faith and will concentrate on the Islamic faith. If you have any questions, please feel free and contact soldiercove at gmail.com, and we will be sure to get back to you. Don't forget to download the Cove app. It's PME in your pocket anywhere, anytime.